Sandra and Noah. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Theater World Podcast. My name's Noah Bender. And I'm Sandra Nemchek. And our guest this week is someone who we've known for a whole decade. She is a professional stage manager who has worked at Juilliard and other productions around the New York area, currently working on the Disney Cruise Line. Please welcome our good friend, Mina Shiesta. Hi, everybody. Hi, Mina. You're uh, you're on a break from being at sea right now. You're on you're on like the Disney schedule. Like... Are you still swaying back and forth right now from the, being on all those boats? I did for the very first break I had after working on the ship. I definitely the first couple of days thought that I was still moving. So <laughs> it does take a second to readjust to land. Um, but this time around, it was definitely more like, oh, I'm back on land. So we're good to go. <laughs> Yeah, I remember like when, the last time I took a cruise, I was I was on a Disney cruise. I've been on a Disney oh, yeah. cruise a, a couple times where the first few days you're like, r- really, it takes a few days to get used to it and swaying it back does. and forth and, you know, feeling uh, a little bit at times. Oh, oh yeah. I still, it, if we still have rocky seas, I still get really um, uh, seasick these days because my seasickness isn't like stomach wise. I don't get yeah. motion. I get really awful headaches and migraines. So on those days where it's like, if the rocking becomes really bad, I'm like, all right, gotta take some. Um, we have these uh, Ccom basically that it's like gives you like something. basically, but you have to take like half a pill of it because if you take mm-hmm. like a whole one, you're out, you're down for the count, like you're, you're asleep. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> exactly, oh. and go. So yeah, we have to be <laughs> we have to be more careful about uh, the the amounts we take. <laughs> That sounds kind of dangerous. <laughs> well, can you tell us what shows you work on on, on the Disney Cruise Line? Yeah, um, I just finished my contract on the Disney Wonder, which is one of our classic ships in the fleet. It's we the have oldest a fleet ship, of... I think. It's the second oldest. So the oh, Magic is the oldest me. ship in the fleet. It was, yeah, it was uh, first sailed in 1998. Oh, so two cool. years after I was born. Oh, funny oh my gosh. Um, yeah, but on the Magic, the or, sorry, on the Wonder, the three main shows that we do in the Walt Disney Theater are uh, The Golden Mickeys, which is one of my absolute all-time favorite shows. I love it. The uh, stunts and the uh, just the magic of that show is so incredible. It's basically the story of a, a stage manager that has to become a performer. Oh, it's about you. And it, oh. it, yeah, or, it really is. Vice versa, actually. That, yeah, no, a performer that became a stage manager. Exactly. It's, uh, it's one of those shows that really hits home for everybody, so I, I love it. Um, the second show we do is Frozen, a musical spectacular, um, and it's it's such a gorgeous piece of work that is actually on the ships. I think we took the best of what they did at Disneyland and the best mm-hmm. of what they did on Broadway and kind of made a little love child of that Frozen, and it's it's fantastic. I love Does watching it. Snow it. And in, the, then, in the middle of the show, uh, perhaps if you go see it. Yeah. Oh, oh, no spoilers. <laughs> we have some magic. We have some magic around. Um, and the final show that we do is Disney Dreams and Enchanted Classic. Um, which is basically about a little girl, Anne-Marie, who has to find magic within herself. Um, That's the one where, like, Tinkerbell shows her through all the movies, right? Yes, yeah, basically. Like, it's like finding and... finding your magic by learning about the magic of others and how they found theirs. Um, and there's, like, a, a little bit with Cinderella, a little bit with mm-hmm. Peter Pan, a little bit with, with yes. this and that, right? All the all our favorite stories come up, come to life, and it's just, it's so much fun. I love doing those three. Those are the three main shows we do in the theater, but we also have um, shows across the ship, right? We have these shows called deck shows, 
which we do um, on our top deck of the uh, of the ship. So outdoor shows, which are really fun. So those are sail a wave, which is our welcome aboard. Like you first have entered Let's onto the ship. Away. Yes, oh, someone knows kind this. of. Yeah, I think I think when you went, it was sail away. Um, now it's sail a wave. Oh. So like, like, literally, <laughs> like sail a like... wave, like say bye. Oh yeah. But on a wave. <laughs> yes. It's one of, I honestly, I love sail a wave so much. It's so entertaining. And then depending on what night? season we do. Yes. Depending mm. on what season you're in, um, we do, we do pirate night and it's so much fun. Like all your favorite Disney friends are there. And what ship is you... the one with star Wars? Are you on that one? No, that, that one is the fantasy, I believe. Uh, the wonder does not have, uh, yeah, the wonder doesn't have the star Wars. It was, yeah, our, our shows are pirate night. Um, sometimes we have, if we're in the Alaska season, Anna and her friends will come visit us from Arendelle oh, and uh, say hello yes. to all of us. They which took is a great. ship over from Arendelle, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they, <laughs> it was a really long yeah. cruise. They took a little bit of Elsa's magic, you know, and just kind of created like <laughs> she a slid down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She iced her way through. Um, but those are the main shows we do, uh, which is, it's so much fun. I, I love being a part of it. Oh, it's magical. Yeah. It it seems like, I mean, it's probably similar to Disneyland where the those shows are so heavily regimented. Like they're every cue, like there's every cue mm -hmm. right on. And it's, it's not, it's not pre-recorded music for like, I've, it, for, for is it, is it pre-recorded music for the for the outdoor shows i feel like yes for both of those in the theater and outdoors at least on the on the wonder um mm -hmm. i think on the wish they might or maybe it was just for their opening week i don't remember um but they had live music for a while oh. um i think they might still i can't i can't speak on it since i've not been on the wish but yeah it always when, whenever i when i was on the disney cruise i remember it always felt like watching a disneyland show where you know, they, they probably tell you every single moment is like a photo moment. Every single, it's it's the magic like they for the hit, children. they got to hit those marks, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's like, very, oh, very hitting oh. each mark. Yeah, I can't, I mean, for me personally, it's technically, I can't really speak performer-wise because right. mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not performer if anymore. Um, but technically, yes, we're very much on it because it is of course that magic and you also just want to make sure that you have the cleanest show possible mm -hmm. um especially as stage manager right you're and this goes for any theater that you're in though right mm -hmm. you're you're wanting to make sure that everything is so on the moment and on the book and that can change um cast to cast performer to performer because different performers have different cadences they have different speech patterns different performance types um but definitely one of those things where you really uh on the ships have to pay attention because things can change i mean that's just live theater of course as things can change nightly and momently but definitely right. you want to make sure that whatever is happening on that stage is the most um how do you say uh most true to the story and most true to what you're trying to give to the performers and to the uh to the audience especially the audience wants to have that piece of magic that they know and we want to give it to them and we also want to create that life and that that moment to just like sit back and enjoy the things that when you were a child made you so happy and made you want to be a part of this so definitely being part of that technical aspect of it is is huge um and very much 
pay attention to yeah. kind of all those little bits and pieces. Okay, here's a question. When you're on mm. the ship, how many times do you think you hear the word magic? <laughs> <laughs> so many. Oh my goodness, whether, whether it's a guest or whether it's our crew, uh, definitely at least- just making magic every day, right? At least, at <laughs> least like seven times in a sentence. Yeah, at least at least seven times in the sentence, we we magic is written and said. It's yeah. wonderful. I love it though. Because I know that working for Disney, there's so many things that you can't share and that have to stay secret. Absolutely. And I feel like the word magic is just substituted for anything that is ambiguous. Yeah, you're just like it's magic. Well, I can't speak on that. <laughs> <laughs> you got some code words and stuff like that. I'm sure. Definitely. But I think that's the important part of Disney, right? Is you, you want to keep that um, magic, all that trade, all that trademark, right? Mm -hmm. Quiet and in the back, because it's at the same time, right? Even for adults, it's mm -hmm. not so much that you want to, you don't want to reveal that. It, it is that extra little sprinkle of pixie dust on you, right? So and you a lot of adults are going by themselves now. It's like, there's like a whole bunch of oh, Disney adults. Tons of Disney adults that we get to see. And I think it's really wonderful too. I know that a lot of people in the world get really annoyed by Disney adults. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this is why are you making this your whole personality? And you could say that about me too, right? I work for Disney. I love Disney. I will go there all the time. I mean, you have Mickey on your hat. I do. I'm wearing my Mickey Mouse <laughs> baseball hat right now. But at the end of the day, it, it it is something that's so incredible and so ingrained within us, right? We It's a part of our lives. It's a part of how we grew up, a part mm -hmm. of the reason that a lot of us do what we do and being able to say and be a part of that family is so huge for me I get I'm being able to be part of Disney is amazing and uh, I love seeing Disney adults that come back and say oh we wanted to do this for our honeymoon or we wanted to do this Aww. for yeah. you know our trips or like we just got uh, we just got engaged or whatever uh, or just like a, we wanted to come back to this place I think it's a really special thing that as adults even people want to come back to this thing that they find so incredible and magical at the end of the day right we we may or may not know that things are real or things are still within our heads but it's it's a, a special little bit of pixie dust that we get to share with everyone and i think it's beautiful i love that part of it it seems like a perfect gig for you because i know i mean knowing you that that you're such a you know disney fanatic and now getting yes. to <laughs> do what you love within that world of disney yeah. of magic <laughs> of magic world of disney of pixie dust uh, it really is but let's take it back because mm -hmm. we we know you mostly from san mateo high school and hillbarn theater and oh, yeah where it all started yeah like can you talk about as a stage manager like how did your experience like because i feel like your first stage managing experiences were with like middle schoolers and young kids at Hillbarn, right? Yes, I think the very first time I stage managed was a performance of Aladdin Jr. Uh, at Hillbarn, where I kind of just got tossed into it, really, because um, I was there, I was present. Yeah, um, I think I wasn't available for correct, things, and I yeah. was like, Mina, you gotta Mina learn. Mina can do it, and I'm like, I've never done this before, but here <laughs> we go. Um, it was my very, yeah, I think my very first experience with them was age-grouped, like, eight to 13, I think. Uh, I think that was the age group that I first worked with, yeah. Yeah, how do you think this early experience of like working with middle schoolers and that level of theater 
you know, prepared you for the professional world? To be honest, I think it was a huge stepping stone in my mm. world with professionals. Because, And I suggest it to everyone to work with kids at some point because they also have such a different way of looking at theater and mm -hmm. looking at what they're doing, which is so interesting to go back and think of because the more you grow and the more you become an adult in theater, you become more analytical, right? Mm -hmm. we're, we're trained to read these scripts and analyze it and go deep within of what might have been said and what might they be thinking and all these extra emotions, which is extremely important, of course, to adult and live theater. But when you get to stick kids on that stage and say, do what you think the character's doing because you, they don't have these analytical yeah. tools play. yet. Yeah, play, just enjoy. It's so surprising to see what they come up with honestly, especially like little kids and middle schoolers. Like that was one of my first experiences. Um, I did the jungle book with, uh, yep. what was it? Aged mm -hmm. five to eight, I think. And watching, you know, this little boy whom I adore playing <laughs> Baloo the bear, the way that he thinks he should be playing. It's <laughs> right. just so cute. And it's just, it, it really is, um, getting to bring that aspect of play into adult theater and into the way that we are, I don't know, ingrained to be analytical and instead just bringing that in and saying, be analytical, yes, because you need to, but also play. Like, don't, don't stick so heavily into this script and into yeah. these one words that you forget why you enjoy doing this and why you enjoy becoming these other characters mm -hmm. and experiencing that letting go of just enjoyment. Because that's what theater is, right? It is just that. Absolutely. Play, play, fun, enjoy going into another world for a couple hours. So it, bringing that play aspect in from kids' yeah. theater totally changes the world for adult theater. And I think it's so much fun. Of course, as a stage manager, it's not like I get to direct them or anything, but keeping my light tones allows them to keep their light tones. So It's kind of like a ballet. Yes. You know, you're dancing with them. I remember, though, like working with you, just kind of watching you find your leadership style. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, one thing about you, and this is a compliment, is that, you, <laughs> that you've never had a problem being bad cop. Oh, never. Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I've never had a problem with it, nor will I ever, because I think it's, it's important to, um, yes, play, have fun, but we also, we have a timeline. Yeah. it's not like, it's not like we have ages and ages and we have mm -hmm. an hour a day to rehearse so play within your world but don't play within the world of this not in the world out there and you can play we backstage need, we need too <laughs> yeah you can play on stage and backstage there's a lot of times yes. when mina and i i think the first main stage that you did with me right it was like was uh amadeus wasn't that when i was yeah. like i need a, i need someone else to help me because i cannot be just carrying yes. 10 chairs by myself. 10 chairs. But we found <laughs> we found our moments to like enjoy and mess around and have our fun at the same time show. within the world. Yeah. Know, that was like a three hour show, right? Something and like that. And we would just be like backstage like, <laughs> Yeah, we would just be like saying our lines and expressing them the way we wanted to. It was great. <laughs> or taking yes, naps. I, I definitely have never had a problem being a bad cop within within the theater. I think it's it's an important aspect to have too though mm. of saying like no we need to stay on time we need to follow yeah, you need a good balance yeah 
Yeah, that's and like that, the quintessential qualification of a you know working stage manager. Yeah, you can you can have fun, but like most of the, some some stage managers don't really have that play aspect. It's like, oh man, they're such a stickler or something like that. But Mina, I think you have like a good balance between the two. You know, we know that you're you're like, okay, I'm on over stage. Thank you. And then, you know, we need to do this now. And then well, we'll thank play you. a little bit. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every now and then you got to make a six year old cry. It's fine. Oh, exactly. No. Oh God. <laughs> I don't think. Have you ever made anyone cry, Mina? I don't think so. At least none that I have seen tear oh. up. Um, <laughs> I've not made an adult cry, uh, so hopefully That's these good. trends stick. Yeah, but like, what about um, like, what is there like, what was the first like moment that you were like, hey, this is like, this is what I want to do? Like, because I know like you were at Hill Barn. You were doing stuff like in the summer and I was like, who's this girl? Hello. She's friendly. Um, and oh, I think and we just like made like, hey, what's up? Like, we're like, hey, you know, I saw you in Hairspray. Yo. <laughs> that was, and all like, through high school, you were a stage actor too. Yeah. I was. I was a performer for so long. And I think I, and it's funny because I wasn't a performer for that long either. I think about yeah. it. I, I didn't start theater really until sophomore year of high school when I, stopped being able to do athletics because I think I never would have walked into theater either if I hadn't been told I can no longer play sports yeah um so when I went into theater at, at San Mateo High School I was an actor and I enjoyed it and I loved the applause and it was great and then Hill Barn rolled around uh for that summer that before I went to college and I was like yeah sure I'll help however I can whatever uh because I knew Nancy um Fitzgerald Metzler. So we worked a bit and then I was off to school, but I found I did not like the college that I went to. So I came back and I, it really was just like, what can I do to help and make some money while I'm going to school? Let's figure this out. So it really was just doing odd jobs of theater, of helping mm -hmm. set up the lights and helping create the props and being deck crew oh. and being a spawn operator and stage manager. And I think it wasn't until I kind of sat with um, Amanda Racuso, who was one of our stage managers and one of our uh, admin at Hill Barn, and kind of just sat back and watched her do, um, God, what was the show? It must have been Fiddler at the time. Because that's when I had kind of sat back and said, yeah, I kind of like doing tech work. I still was an actor at the time. I enjoyed doing performances here and there. If I wasn't doing a tech job, I was in the show as an extra or ensemble or whatever. And I sat and I asked Amanda, I said, can I be your production assistant or your help just to see what's going on more within this world? Because I had only done conservatory children's theater, which is very different and not necessarily as structured. So when I sat and I watched and I did a shadow to Amanda during this main stage performance of Fiddler, I was like, oh wait, but I really enjoy doing this part of it. This mm. is my favorite. Um, and then I kind of sat back and I said, do I need to be a performer anymore? Do I want this? And I said, I don't mind performing anymore. Like it's, it's not the thing that pushes me forward anymore. Right. I like learning about what happens backstage and being part of this process. Cause you have, and I think it's my need for control to be honest, um, where mm. I was like, I like being in control of this portion. I like being able to see the bigger picture of all of it and being part of the process with the director and the choreographer and the musical director and 
seeing all the pieces come together and being the leader of that was huge for me. So I would definitely would say that that performance of Fiddler on the Roof really changed my perspective on what I wanted to do. And when I went back in uh, later on in the years, I just started doing technical work. I kind of gave up doing performance anymore. And I don't feel any remorse or regret about it, which is really nice. Uh, Your last but definitely was Forum? Was it Forum? No, I think my last show was... um, Oh, no. uh, Xanadu. Oh, Xanadu. Oh, you know what? Avenue Q in college. That's true. Yeah. I did. I did one last hurrah performance in college. <laughs> I do this Avenue Q. That's right. That's right. As Lucy the totally, Slut. As yes. Lucy the Slut. Yep. <laughs> I remember. I saw. I saw that production. That's right. You did come see it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was going to go, last. but it was raining. I think because it. Uh, what did I do? I had just stage managed the play the semester before that, and I wasn't slated to stage manage anything else and so i was like okay because it's you know they they have a handful of stage managers and they wanted to spread the love and i was like absolutely i'm not gonna tell them that i want to do this again or have to do it again so i was like well if i'm not going to be doing anything except for props mastering uh why don't i audition yeah and so i kind (laughs) of i just i just messed around and i got the show did the part and i props mastered for the other show and it was tons of fun but yes it it was that moment at fiddler that i I really understood that I wanted to do technical theater and I really enjoyed it. So here we are, how many years later, <laughs> stage managing for Disney. <laughs> it's hey, great. Speaking of your intersection of performing and technical theater, we don't have to talk about this if you don't want to, and I can cut this, mm. but uh, it's just one of, one of my biggest laughs from high school. Can we talk about the poop shower story? Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yes, we can. Yay! Oh, <laughs> oh, my Lord. oh no! The shower story is a story that lives in infamy at, at in San Mateo High School. It really so. It was uh, we were doing Legally Blonde, and that was my first musical yeah. at San Mateo High School, just in general, <laughs> first musical ever. I was so excited. Yes. I was playing Enid Hoops, which is she is Enid uh, Hoops. Enid Hoops, and she is a uh, <laughs> one of the lawyers in that little like tight knit group. Um, and she basically, towards the end of the show, spoiler alerts, if you've never seen Legally Blonde or uh, never been part of this production, Enid Hoops gets into a shower at the very end of the show to kind of prove Elle's point. And she she takes off this like pin straight wig and changes into a curly hairstyle, right? Like a perm um, or like they're super curly. And it, it's like a turning moment for Elle Woods at the show, whatever, whatever, whatever. She cracked the case. Yeah, she cracks the case. But tiny little shower that I step into has me and a technician in it who has to do my quick, my hair quick change. The thing was that the boys um, during this performance, uh, our technical boys and a handful of our performers, always were very ga- gaseous, ga- uh, gassy during the shows. <laughs> um, I don't know if they ate beans on purpose or what they would do, but so like nerves, you maybe. didn't want to you didn't want to like fart in the normal area. So they would go into this little shower that was for me to stand in at the end of the show (laughs) and everyone would just fart. And it was, it it was the worst because all of them, like just a bunch of boys would just go into this tiny little shower and fart up during the storm, during the show, before the show, after the show, whatever, for how long was this 
running two weeks. So a, about a two weeks, two weekends straight. Space. Yeah, and I would say it was about the size of like a normal shower, even a little bit smaller because it's just, it's not a real shower. It's just a tiny little box. You get like three boys in there just farting up a storm. <laughs> and 20 minutes later, I have to stand in it. And it was like closed top, closed sides. And the only <laughs> thing kind of blocking it is this like shower curtain. And I would walk in and I'd be like, okay, we're smelly today. <laughs> and the poor, t- oh my God, I wish I could remember who my wig changer was. Um, but she's standing in there longer than I am. Oh and I think it was Elise Chu or Courtney Wong. Like, it was Elise or Courtney. It was one of them. And they had, would stand in there and hold their breath. And if they needed to breathe, they would breathe through their mouths. So they would not smell <laughs> oh my God. any of the farting that had happened throughout the performance. It was ridiculous. Did your eyes burn too? No, because I was only in there for like 10 seconds flat. It was amazing. <laughs> but I, it was terrible. Because you have, I'm like breathing heavily as I'm like, because I got to yeah. take this thing off and I got to change the wig and put the other wig on and my hair is all pinned back super in 10 seconds flat because I just had a scene right before that it was the remix so it's it oh my gosh it was the worst it was the infamous poop shower it was poop shower is what all the boys would call it and we would just laugh about it and I'm glad I can sit back now and really laugh because at the time I was like this is ridiculous and I'm so upset but also it's 10 seconds it's fine I will survive and Mm -hmm. but now we get to laugh about it now which is great yeah and oh my gosh i'm not sure if you know this but like uh, for the couple years after that so like at san mateo they they would always give out like the golden wrench award for like the best crew member like the one who worked the yes. hardest and was really a, a key team player um yes. but for the next couple years after that the crew would also give out the poop shower award <gasps> no they would not which is for the crew member that fucked up the most and was was the worst <laughs> and and i'm really sad they, it, it, they, the they did it for maybe either one or two years but they didn't continue it but yeah they gave out the, the golden wrench which was this nice prestigious award and then the poop shower award to the one who fucked up the most amazing i i genuinely i love that so much because <laughs> Because really you, you got to have both sides. There's always one guy. Oh, man. There's always one. There's always the poop shower, boys. You know? <laughs> oh, gosh. I wish they had kept that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, guess, I guess the directors found out and didn't want to be, like, I Probably. guess, rewarding bad behavior. But it was, yeah. it was all in good fun. That's fair. Oh, that's hilarious. I love that. Yeah, Brad probably found out and cut that out real fast. <laughs> He's like, no. Because no. well, Brad knew about poop shower too, like after the fact, but I told yeah. him because I was oh, like, Brad, yo. I was like, did he partake in the poop shower? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, no. He definitely, I told him about it after we closed Legally Blonde, I think is what happened. I could see a horrified look on his face when you yes. told him. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think Alex and were the only two recipients of the Poop Shower Award. Oh, oh man. I, and there yeah. couldn't be more deserving fellows out I, there. I'm <laughs> not surprised. <laughs> Mina, mm. you know, I don't think a lot of people know the process of, like, putting a show together as a stage manager. There's a lot of, like, yeah. actors. I feel like it's important that actors know this because we don't see it a lot. I would wonder, could you like walk us through like a stage manager process? Oh yeah, so I would say it also depends on the theater house that you're working in, right? So my 
my process at Disney is very different than my process that uh, would be for like land theater. I guess I can say that land theater. theater. (laughs) Uh, But so the general process um, that I would go through when I was here uh, on land doing theater was prior, like months before, you know, yeah. (laughs) Months before a show is cast months before a show is, uh, explain to what is it auditions and things like that we get to we would get get together myself the director choreographer and um musical director excuse me and of course our tech crew so our technical director who would be in charge of scenic design uh, lighting design all these other aspects and we all get together and we kind of have to decide What's the theme that we're going for with this? What is the look we want? What are the sets that we want? Are they going to fit within this world? Is the lighting going to work with it? Because everyone has their own ideas, of course, that have to kind of fall within the director's view of the world because the director makes that decision. So we would have all these production meetings uh, that I'm taking all the notes for. I'm sending them out every single day that we take these notes and then comes the audition process, which as a stage manager, I run. Um, so I run the audition process with however many people there are and then sit with the director and choreographer and musical director, go through who we liked. Then you go through callbacks, which I also run. And then we go through casting, which is me and the directorial team go through all of that. And then once so the show is to cast, say that if you're an actor, you should probably be nice to the stage manager. A hundred percent. You be kind to your stage manager and your tech crew always. I think at the end of the day, a lot of people forget on both sides that without tech you don't have this performance and without the performers you don't have the performance uh, like as much as i would love to watch people sing i don't want to watch them sing in a black box all day you're like I, another producer yeah right i'm like i'm gonna get bored and then same thing as much as i want to see lights and stage things moving i'm not gonna do it without a story behind it so but yeah uh, shifting back once uh once everything is cast is when we start making rehearsal schedules and we actually start doing that a little bit before, but that's when we start distributing rehearsal schedules and rehearsals begin, which the stage manager or assistant stage manager are at every single one of those rehearsals. They have to be, you have to record things. You take notes, you make sure the performers take their breaks on time. You make sure that the director is staying on task. Uh, We run an entire rehearsal and then we have to be there as stage managers. I would say a half hour before, an hour before, depends what you need to set up for, you clean everything up, and then you do it all again the next day. Uh, so basically, stage managers are there before everyone else, and they leave after everyone else. And then the closer we get to actual performances, that's when you start having a lot more production meetings. So that's your lighting designer, your scene designer, or scenic designer, your uh, props designer, props master, all these other houses come in and during rehearsals and during all these things is when I'm also taking notes about, oh, well, this is going to happen in this scene. So we need these props. We need this door to open. We need this to make sure this happens so that everyone is aware 100% of the time of what is going on during the show so that when we come to tech week, no one is blindsided. No one says, well, no one said anything. You didn't talk to me about this. The director didn't say this. It's, it's the stage manager's job to make sure that everyone knows exactly what's happening 100% of the time. Um, Because if you don't know, then that's when you come to a lot of problems. Yeah. And then tech week, I would say, is when their stage manager kind of becomes, in your brain, the true boss of what needs to happen. Because 
we are leading our crew plus the uh, directorial team plus your design team and the actors as one person. You're leading everything to make sure that you're on time. Uh, everyone is safe, I think, is the big thing during Tech Week is you have to make sure that's set, um, but that everyone is also quiet and learning because during Tech Week, I think, as everyone knows, it's not for the performers. It's for the technicians and the orchestra and all these people to kind of become a team and become one. And then once a show opens, that's when you really say the show is no longer in the hands of the designers and the directors. It's mine. It's the stage managers now. It is no longer yours. You don't get to make any more changes. It is my job now <laughs> to make sure that everything stays exactly in the vision. The of master of made. the magic. Yes, yes, the master of what needs to happen on that stage. Um, and it sounds, I think, a lot easier than it is because even behind the scenes of all of this happening, uh, after a rehearsal or after a show, you're still, as a stage manager, you're there first, you're there last. Um, you're cleaning up your calling script. You're the one that has to make sure that everyone's there on time and everyone is safe, everyone's happy, everyone's healthy, everyone's okay. Uh, so you definitely, as a stage manager, take a lot on your shoulders, I would say. It is not a job for to be taken lightly, I think, um, is what I've learned throughout my years of stage managing. Is It's not a job to be taken lightly or to think that just anyone can do it necessarily um, or that it requires little training. It's something that you really sure. have to pay More. attention and focus on, yeah. Because there's so many different aspects of stage management that you don't really come across until you're doing it too. Um, I'm, I still learn things. Every single time I stage manage, every new cast I get is a learning process, which I think is important because once you feel like you know everything, that's when you become stubborn and you stop listening. You have to keep a lot of balls in the air at once. Yes, yeah. a lot of spinning plates, as you will. Yeah, like Cirque du Soleil. Oh yeah, but make sure no one falls. All right, well, now let's shift gears to our theater world lightning round. These are some quick fire questions that we just want your your quick rapid fire answer on. Here we go. Okay, Mina, who is your favorite Broadway diva? Oh, Bernadette Peters. Ooh, Bernadette yes. Peters. I love Bernadette. Which performance? Every single one, but I yeah. love her as the witch in Into the Woods. Oh my gosh, Bernadette. I adore Bernadette. She brings it. Yes. She well, that's, she's my favorite musical theater artist. But if you're going to go with, uh, like, play Cecily Tyson, 100%. Oh, she's dynamic, Yo, Cecily, too. Yes, Lee bring, Cecily bring, brings it yes, every time. <laughs> yes, Yes, Lee. Yes. <laughs> um, what about your favorite uh, or your dream role, Nina? Oh, gosh. my get back on the stage. If yes. I ever got back on the stage, it would have to be... Honestly, you know what? I would get back on the stage for Trixie Aviatrix. Oh my gosh. I love that role so much. You could much. play her at any age. I would play her any day of the week. Yeah, you did not mind that you had a 90 minute break in that show. You loved it. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think anyone would mind. Yeah. I loved yeah. that role so much. It was so much fun. It's like the Patti Lapone dream role, right? You just like kind of sit backstage and then be like, here I am. That was the biggest princess track I ever had. And honest, I was pulled into doing other things. I, I got to do quick changes for people, but it was really was like, I would go on stage for five minutes to do that first opening number, I'd leave. And then I'd come back, belt out my heart, 
get an applause and then go home. It was <laughs> and how much rehearsal did you have? Like very little, right? Very little rehearsal. It like, was oh. wonderful. Well, I of course, like I sang in all the big numbers. I had my backstage mic and everything that I would go and stand with Russell Zick in the orchestra pit. We just sing out our notes and then we'd go back to the dressing room and hang out for a while. <laughs> so yes, it was definitely tricks. I would get on stage again for Trixie Aviatrix. Yeah, that was a fun, that was a, that was a perfect role for you. It was so much fun. <laughs> I love that role. Yeah, I, I just remember how how you happy you were just taking a step back and be like, I don't have to do anything today. I don't gonna do anything. It's great. I would just show up to rehearsals that I was called to and kind of just like hang out for a solid thirty minutes and yeah. be like, Oh yeah, Mina, on. you're here. And be like, Yep, <laughs> I'm just chilling. Do you have an intermission routine? Oh yes. Well, so the thing is, is on the Disney ships we don't have our shows are short enough that we don't have intermissions, mm -hmm. but on in real life and on land always first thing you do at intermission for me is go to the bathroom sure i have to go to the bathroom um and then i go backstage i check on everyone see if there were any big things in act one that i noticed that might have been an issue i talk to the crew about it and check in with the cast if they had an issue with that um so i guess these are like post-show routines for me um i get a little snack because lord knows and then what do you eat uh, a uh, quick little we yeah quick little granola bar or like oh, something gosh. that'll just like keep my energy up um refill my water bottle and then double check with check in with myself so i have to go to the bathroom again because i <laughs> will go to the bathroom again because it's it's so difficult you obviously can't go during, yeah, you can't go a, during show. a show especially with like right. cold air blasting at you if it's like cold in the yes, theater exactly and then um, do they make I'll the frozen theater in. cold the theater itself is just chilly which is kind of nice Oh, they, just, they, don't, on... they don't just bring the temperature down for the for the atmosphere of it all <laughs> i hope not no <laughs> five 5d theater that would stink <laughs> um no so yeah that i would say that's my intermission routine is definitely bathroom check in with everyone check in with myself get myself a snack head back upstairs or backstage wherever my calling booth is at the time because different houses have different uh areas for your calling desk Mina, what is a song or a moment that makes you cry? Any any show? Any, any show. show specific? Okay. Uh, talking about the Disney ship specifically, I the Golden Mickey's finale gets me every single time. I will cry a hundred and one tears. And when um, I think the very first time that you're I a crier. Opened, yeah. I am a crier. Uh, to be quite honest, I am a crier um, on those moments that hit home. I you're like an Eminem, you're first... like a shell on the outside, but you're just <laughs> yeah, gooey on the inside. Shell, but once you once you get into my gooey center, melts oh in my your gosh, mouth. It was <laughs> <laughs> there's this final song that the stage manager sings, um, and it's about how you know you you don't you never know how far your dreams are gonna go, and it's it's so beautiful that Aww. the very first time the very first opening because I got to open the show with this cast was amazing. I just cried profusely because it was just so beautiful we were so happy we were finally open with this show nothing went wrong like it was just the perfect performance that we could have given and it, i was just bawling my little eyes out um but definitely i would say finales of like meaningful shows really get me like finale of fiddler mm -hmm. uh finale of once on this island mm -hmm. like it's those it's those heartfelt finales that really hit you home the summer ones yeah, it's the it's the more tamed down ones that show that we had a message and it our message was delivered. Yeah. Those ones get me hot. Yeah, those those ones, uh, those teary moments. 
Ugh. Yeah, now you're making me think of my favorite, my the the like show finale that ha- made me cry a lot when I was like a young kid was mm. uh, Billy Elliot. When oh, you love Billy Elliot I, I mean, too. I, you know I love Billy Elliot. I know you. <laughs> the mo- the moment where Billy is about to, he's like leaving his small town. He's like going to um, you know, the Royal Ballet School, and his little friend Michael like runs up to to catch him, and he goes like. Oi, dancing boy, and then they like have a nice little hug, and and like he he they finally part ways. It, oh, that that moment gets me every time. It's those final moments. I think is those the two Broadway shows that I worked on, which is uh, Band's Visit and Jagged Little Pill. Both have very uh, heartfelt, calm endings, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, they definitely they they both hit me home. I was like, oh dang it, here come the waterworks again. <laughs> And finally, Mina, can you recall what is the single greatest experience you've ever had at the theater? Ever. 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 Oh, you know what? Okay. This, it's so funny because I wouldn't think that this was actually it, but the single greatest experience that I will always remember, (laughs) sounds so silly, we were doing Fiddler on the Roof and none of my bottle dancers dropped their bottles. Yay. They all stayed on their hands. That is pretty it magical. Was, it was amazing. They're not using Velcro they, either, right? They didn't use any Velcro. They, they're just bottles on their hats. And that was probably one of the single greatest moments of theater that I have ever been a part of. I was like, <laughs> I mean, I didn't do anything, obviously, but I got to watch and be like, oh, they did it. They, Oh my gosh, they did it. And I think that that lasted for a couple of days until one of them dropped it and broke the glass again. But, it was amazing that that was one of my single that was the first single greatest moment that i ever had that i will always remember that led me into all the rest of the greatest moments that i every single day yeah i was like i want that feeling all the time (laughs) that's such a nice Um, reward yeah it is and i didn't do anything for it (laughs) no but you were there to witness it i just got to watch watch my bottle dancers do the right thing and it was amazing uh, they're your bottle dancers. Mm-hmm. Those were mine. Those were my bottle dancers. Oh, sweet boys. <laughs> they were so, they're so good. So adorable. But oh my goodness. When they would drop the bottles, we would all kind of just die a little inside. But when they, when they nailed it, the first time they all nailed it, all of us on headset, oh my gosh, you guys see that? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. They did it. Oh, and cause that number is huge. And that like, bit doesn't work if one person mm-hmm. drops a bottle. Exactly. Yeah, just, like, and there was, we, yeah, we had, I think we had three bottle dancers, maybe four, four, I think, can't remember. But uh, yeah, it was it was uh, Doug Greer, John Sh- John Schneider, uh, you know what it was for John Toussaint and No Boger, and mm. the four of them all like in sync, moving calmly. They all knew, and the moment you could see it on their faces, where they were like, "We're all gonna be good tonight. Yeah. Like none <laughs> of us are gonna drop this bottle off our hats." And they did it. Everyone, audience included, went insane because then once those bottles come off of your hats, mm-hmm. they it launches into that wedding scene of like huge dances, and it was so good. It was so good. Oh, I love that. That was that first moment that I was like, oh, I'm gonna stick with this part forever. This is great. Yeah. So yeah, That's single awesome. greatest moment. I've I've had many great moments since, which is wonderful. But that's the first like. That you knew. Oh, you are like, That I knew. It. I was like, oh, okay. Here we go. That's this is awesome. forever. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Mina, for yeah, coming Mina. on our show. Oh, we love thank you, you for having me. 
We and, have... and she's an original founding member of the theater world, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 For our very first uh, Zoom musicals. I was here for the very first Zoom musical. Yeah, I was. Weren't you Gretel? <laughs> I was. Oh, I did my hair and everything for that. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, you were. You had some great roles in our theater world shows. You were Jack and Into the Woods. That, you know what? That's one of those dream roles that I, I know, yeah. ever, because you know, I love that part so much. Mm -hmm. Best song in the show. Oh my gosh. I was, um, I think it was Jan when we did Grease too. Yep. Sounds about yeah, right. And, it was fun. Oh, what, there was one more role. We did 13 and I think I was. Uh, Were you in Les Mis with us? I don't think so. You're just busy. But I definitely, I know I did uh, 13. There's everything Charlotte says is a lie. Oh, yeah. That was great. That was so much fun. <laughs> I want to I do 13 again. 13's a great show. It Let's is do so it much in your fun. backyard. <laughs> Too bad the movie ruined it. Yeah. There's some yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. It, the, it came out on Netflix like a month ago. And it's bad. They turned it into well, 12. We were going to review it, but I think upon reviewing the movie, we reviewed that it is not good to review. And then I shan't watch it, I think, yeah. to save my own soul. Well, do you have anything to plug, Mina? Do you want to just send people on the Disney cruise to see all your shows? I mean, if you come on a Disney cruise, um, I'll be on the Magic from December 1st to February 2nd. And then I will be transferring to The Wish, uh, the Disney Wish, our newest ship in the, the fleet. The one with Spider-Man. The one with all of our favorite Disney friends. Um, I will be there until April 16th. So if you decide that uh, Disney Cruise is how you want to spend your winter vacation, please uh, let me know and uh, we'll say hi if you're on uh, my ship. Yeah, even if you just listen to this podcast, say hi to Mina. She's a friendly person. Yeah, say hi. And honestly, and I, I, I know that I've talked to a handful of students recently since I've been back, um, and I say this to all of them. If you have any questions about stage management or technical theater, obviously I am not the end-all, be-all. Uh, there are so many people out there in this world that are so incredible, but I, I uh, would love to teach, and I would love to just have a conversation about tech theater if you're interested please reach out. I'm more than happy. I will always answer. If I'm on the ships, I might answer late. Um, but uh, while I'm home, yeah, hit me up. I'm more than happy to have a conversation about theater. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank yeah, you so much, Mina, for coming on. And thank, oh, thank you, you for, for listening. Oh, oh yes, our listeners. <laughs> yes, you. Yes, you. We made it all <laughs> the way this far into the episode. Mina is uh, cringing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, thank you very much for listening. You know, we're, we've got a bit of an inconsistent release schedule right now, but we're, we're, we're trying to make as much as we can Having and fun. just, you know, have fun here. Um, well, thank you very much for listening. I can, I'm kind of going into a loop here, but, uh, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time on the theater world podcast. Yeah. And thank you for, so much for listening. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, bye everyone. Bye. bye.